It's a little bit breezy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of breezy, do you know what episode this is? It is 163. That is right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is a creative brappy podcast again. This is actually, I should say the correct name. You've tuned in in case you can't uh, tell on your podcast app or whatever you're listening on. This is the creative writing motorcycle podcast episode 163. And uh, how's the weather been, man? It's been, it just started raining here about an hour and a half ago. How's it, how's it done by you in Long Beach? Um, it's sprinkling right now. I left work around 5.30. And so I looked at the weather app and it was like, it's not going to start raining till 8. So I had all my rain gear and I was just like, okay, I think I can chance it. So I didn't put on my rain pants and sure enough, started raining on the ride home. Murphy's Law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew it too. That's happened to me twice. Yeah. So there's been two to- two different times within the last two weeks where I was looking at the weather app and I was like, okay, so it's 30% rain. I'm going to take the risk. And then, of course, it rains. Yep. Well, now that we know California has the crappiest weather in the world, no matter what anybody else <laughs> in the rest of the uh, the contiguous United States says, you want to break for some intro music? Yeah, let's do it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Riding, the motorcycle podcast that brings you two-wheel topics from around the globe. Tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, go to www.patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. Now, to our regularly scheduled show, show, show. All right, that was our awesome music that Jay can't hear. By the way, uh, if you didn't, if you didn't know, this isn't Wiggins calling in. Uh, I actually tried to call Wiggins yesterday, and um, or was it today? And he had to. Uh, he's like, dude, I'm gonna rest. Like we're, they've been driving nonstop, uh, coming out of um, Oregon from. He's you know he just finished up at uh, the one show, and coming mm-hmm. out, he is uh, basically. I think he said he was doing like 30 miles an hour out of Oregon into Montana. And he left at 6 a.m. And he didn't make his first gasoline stop until like 1 p.m. So he going wow. going so slow that he got, you know, many, many hours out of a tank of gas. Um, I don't know. Let me see. I thought he sent me a text that said that um, he broke his chains, uh, got on the road, um, then had to uh get uh when he got the other chains on then they didn't need him anymore and also was only doing like 35 miles an hour he might have sent it to me on instagram not text so yeah but well um, he i'm surprised he doesn't have an enclosed trailer he's just trailering that's it yeah and and he's also just trailering them all like seven bikes on a flat trailer damn because i saw the picture with the bikes covered in snow it looked gnarly it looked like frosty the snowman straight up going to flat out friday Everybody that actually went up there has sent some pretty gnarly pics of the drive out. And so apparently they got caught up in that uh, Arctic blast or whatever's Mm. been happening up there. Uh, Portland, even though it's on the West Coast, did not get spared from that. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I I saw the – it was snowing at the one moto show, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it did not look very – hipster-tastic up there <laughs> this last weekend. Well, the, the hipsters actually got to put their flannels to use. Dude, for real. <laughs> I bet you one of them got to use their uh, handmade axe to actually chop I down I was a tree. just going to say that. Uh, <laughs> yep. And, Finally get to use it. Yep. 
Um, yeah, all the urban lumberjacks. Hope you guys got to use your uh, your handmade artisan <laughs> um, hatchets that you carry around in your holsters. I did want to say fancy boots. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> all your Timberlands or whatever, or your um, what are those ones? The Sorels. Um, so yeah, Wiggins, man, he's on his way to Wisco. Um, if you're going to be at the Mama Tried show or Flat Out Friday, go check out, find him. He's going to be, uh, he's going to have a few field initiative knives. He's going to be holed up at the Vanilla Cycles booth, uh, hawking them out of there. So go check him out, support your local hooligan. And, uh, man, I, I want to know where he finished. I, I saw a fight or something from the Super Hooligans feed. Um, so I don't know exactly what happened, but it looked dramatastic, which, you know. Um, yeah, I said he looked like uh, Venom. He was dressed like Venom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got some new uh, Icon gear while he was up there. I think he got leathers. Um, so he'll be, like, proper when it comes back to some of the half-mile stuff. Um, nice. I, I wanted to say a big shout-out and thanks to our patrons also because I know a lot of you, uh, I'm going to say – like 90% of our patrons live somewhere very cold right now, (laughs) like below freezing cold. So thank you guys. I know, um, a lot of people got their little things that I mailed out. I mailed out a little tiny thing, finally got some of the, uh, solstice slam people, um, their prizes out. Not, I'm sorry, the Spooky Spokes people got their prizes and Solstice Slam is coming up. So this time around, I'll have something. I won't just be winging it uh, <laughs> or hand making it. Like after I find out the winner, I'll make it beforehand and then I'll be able to nail it. Um, so Wiggs is going to be at Flat Out Friday. Um, I'm really anxious to hear how the one show went for him too because I've been looking forward. Before he left, we were talking about um, you know his racing career and i'm really i want to support him in it and make sure he keeps going to this stuff also patron narissa she will be racing at flat out friday and i think she's going to have the iron angels um or the build moto bike out there mm-hmm. <laughs> hucking that thing around um solstice slam march 22nd that's going to be like the second to last friday of march and it's the closest i can get to the uh spring equinox right I know all of you are going to be looking forward to warmer weather and spring coming up. And and March 22nd is still a ways away. It's like five weeks away. But that's enough time for you to get in your crazy, you know, think about a crazy crash you've had. Make up a song. Hell, write a poem and I'll read it on the air. But it also helps if you guys... Uh, send them in via, you know, all, every smartphone now has like a voice memo thing and you can email your voice memo. So if you want to read uh, your thing, send me a little piece of music, do whatever you want to do and email it to creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I, ha- I made this nice little graphic I'm going to throw up today, um, probably on our Instagram and, and Facebook pages. And uh, also I want to say thank you. There's a couple things. The Eat, Sleep, and Ride shout out from Bruce who has uh, this Motorcycle Life podcast. He wrote a really good article about the podcast that he's listening to right now. And he had part one uh, like a year ago and part two uh, more recently. And he gave us an awesome shout out. We got the funniest shout out, but we are kind of the funniest show on there, I think. So, but uh, yeah. They're, hopefully they're laughing with us and not at us. Yeah, or a little of both. I mean, I'm down with that. You know? uh, I'm not too big for my, my pants to... You know, I, I know why people listen. They listen to see how much stuff we can get wrong. <laughs> All right. So anyway, yeah, if you get a chance, This Motorcycle Life is super well done. It's uh, uh, exceptionally produced. And um, Bruce just started, but he's already like, you know, he's already a really, really good podcaster. So he's also got the Eat, Sleep, Ride blog. Um, and also Hayden, who uh, sent us an email. 
about his SR250 build a long, long time ago on, um, I think it was our Facebook page, maybe. I asked for people to send in stuff regarding like any stories or any build progress or any projects regarding SR250s because I really wanted to pump you know, Spamala's uh, line of motorcycle, like they're super rare. They're only like two years, you know, in the, mm-hmm. in the U.S. And this guy sent me, he's, he converted his to a monoshock, which I was like, oh my so God. Gnarly. Yeah, the TT, uh, Spamala has a dirt track uh, sibling. Um, the SRs had like the, um, their XT, and the XT was a monoshock, and which is cool because it was basically the same thing as the SR250 with a slightly modified frame uh, the foot pegs were different. They were a little bit more robust for off-road because it was a dirt bike, and they came with the mono shock. This is I, when Wiggins and I were talking about our uh, suspension challenge a couple months ago. The mono shock was like something that came popular, like in the '70s, I want to say. And man, Yamaha snapped that up in like the late '70s, early '80s, and stuck it on their 250s. And so the TT actually has, and the XT have mono shocks. And I busted Spamla's um, foot peg off flat tracking with Wiggins a couple Novembers ago. And uh, the thing about the SRs is it's like a rubber mounted peg because it's for you know road riding, and so it's mm-hmm. uh, to dampen suspension. But the XTs and the TT 250 have this solid mount um, and a little bit rear set, really sturdy uh, peg that uh, you can probably uh, change out with a lot of motocross, you know, aftermarket stuff. So it's it's actually a cooler frame if you can get an XT or a TT frame. Um, so he did. He he swapped his SR, chopped it all down, chopped the frame down, and then converted it kind of to a TT, but put his own. Um, like rear subframe and stuff on. So I'm going to put a link to his build because I think he's he's on the do the ton. If you ever, I used to go on that all the time and look at all the bike builds on there. But um, yeah, it's like a forum for for bike building uh, cafe racers. So okay. I'm going to link it, put a link in the show notes. And thank you, Hayden, for uh, reaching out to us. Um, Jay, I've been hogging the mic now for the past <laughs> few minutes. I should ask you, what is up, girl? What have you been up to? Uh, same shit, different day. Yeah. Just uh, work and ride yeah. and sleep. Sleep occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> I know we were, uh, I talked to you uh, last night, I texted you, and then like I promptly <laughs> fell asleep about <laughs> half an hour later. I know, when you didn't respond, I was like, oh, his ass probably fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, pretty tired, man. I've been, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a morning person, but for the last like, decade i've worked morning shift and man it's like it's hard because I'm, I'm still haven't adapted so i'm tired in the morning and i'm tired at night now i'm like Ugh, this yeah is like the worst. that's how my girlfriend is she has to get up at 5 30 every day and she falls asleep like by eight <laughs> yeah it's like the worst of both worlds yep yeah so on this week's show we got a couple things going down we got a game uh, we got our dumb questions, and then um, we'll, we'll, we'll just let the show play out. How's that? Uh, as the first uh, segment here is what's the fake one, which is a little little show we like to – or a little game we like to play on the show where I ask the co-host um, five – I give you five headlines, and you have to guess which one's the fake one. Hopefully, I've done a good job of uh, <laughs> picking some that sound crazy enough to be fake, and I've hidden the fake one in there. Nicely. So I'm going to give you these five headlines and then we'll go through them step by step and you can tell me which one you think is the fakie. Are you ready? I think so. Let's, let's do it. All right. So headline one, Harley invites Wall Street into its dealerships. 
Headline two, European motorsport saved by court decision. Headline three, Fox Sports to air American Superbike. Headline four, Suzuki files a patent for an upside-down engine. Hmm. And headline five, Florida man says Jesus told him to drive off a pier. (laughs) All right. Right out of the starting gate here, as I'm chewing a carrot in your ear, do you have uh, a big... It's time to play a game we're going to call Going Down the Rabbit Hole. I didn't know you lived by a railway station. <laughs> yeah, I love here. Right- <laughs> you can hear that. It's awesome. Sorry about that. You know what they love to do? Four o'clock in the morning. Oh. I don't know which train operator asshole is riding, but he loves four o'clock in the morning. He'll ride through and just hold that air horn on. Yeah, just for like a good solid thirty seconds, dude. It's I'm gnarly. Pretty, I'm pretty far, and I can still hear. I can still hear it. I used to live right. Um, like my, my street basically ended at the tracks and it was, it was recessed down like under the street a little bit, but you could still hear it. And mm-hmm. yeah, they have to honk at every crossing where it goes over the road. And dude, that was like right there. It was like, it was like the next street down for me was yep. the one that went over the road. So dude, he's on the horn the whole time the train's going through that crossing. And it was, mm. it, yeah, no matter what time of the night, it was like protocol. They had to do it. So yeah, well, our issue over here is, like, we live just, like, I'm about 100 feet from the railroad tracks, and there's a a wall that separates us from the tracks, but we get homeless encampments that literally just live on that other side of the wall. We've had to call the fire department twice for fires that they've started Damn. on the other side. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But what they do is they have to honk because there's just always homeless people on the tracks. Right, crossing the tracks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they even had like a helicopter out one day and, and they were like talking over the loudspeaker. They're like, you're not in trouble. Just get off of the tracks. Oh, dude. That'd be <laughs> so gnarly to be the fire crew that has to come you know get a guy that was just too slow that day (laughs) yeah yeah uh yeah you know that's dangerous uh isn't isn't it like the you know the closer you live to railroad tracks the more well at least back in the day when people used to actually ride the train and the word hobo you know for guys that would ride the train following work uh yeah you were more more likely to get robbed in places that were super close to the tracks man so you guys yeah well there's still hobos i mean i seen a guy on instagram who has an instagram account and he's a hobo (laughs) and it's just like his life right in the trails dude as a hobo (laughs) listen to this there's this guy i i like a musician called c6 steve and he's made like a whole career about singing about his youth as a hobo he used to like ride the trains around and do farm work like legit hobo. yeah 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 it's still it's still it still survives there's still a lot of a lot of hobos out there nice uh, yeah i always call my kids hobos and they're like what's a hobo like, well. yeah as a kid that, that was like my thing is uh whenever i'd watch cartoons they like depict the hobo with a little stick and the yeah, little the um, little napkin i used to make yeah i used to make sticks with napkins on the end and pretend i was a hobo as a kid i did, I did too i did that once and i was like why do they put their stuff in a freaking hanky like what this is the <laughs> Why wouldn't they get a backpack? But I guess, you know, they didn't have one. Back. 
The thing is, why the stick? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that was like, that's how we played. That's how I played back in the day before uh, the internet. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. Had to pretend we were hobos. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I, I, I tried to make the hobo. I tried to tie the handkerchief on the stick about three times as a kid, and every single time all my stuff fell out. What was that stick for, too? Was it for, for protection, you think? It was just I, like. I guess. I don't know. Or uh, was that bag of food rotten and they didn't want to carry it in front of them, so they hung it out behind them? Uh, maybe. I don't also, know. Maybe it was. I don't know. Oh, dirty I don't know underwear. the secrets of the hobo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask. I swear every cartoon when I was a kid had that hobo with the stick and yeah. the handkerchief. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's I remember that too. And then there was a cat smashing a mouse with like a shotgun and shooting <laughs> the face. Dude, kids cartoons were rad when when, when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. People were, were getting violent blown funny. up and shot all the time. It was great. I turned out just fine. <laughs> yeah. Um so now that I know you live by a train tracks. Um, how was riding today, dude, in the, uh, the inclement weather? No, oh, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I yeah. stopped by cycle gear cause I was trying to get some gauntlet gloves. Like I mentioned last time, but they didn't, they were, they freaking had one tiny little section for <laughs> waterproof gloves, like They're just dude, like maybe California. five pairs. And I was like, this is it. This is all you have. Yeah. So they're, I couldn't, I couldn't get it. They're totally not equipped for it. It's SoCal. They're like, dude, who buys water? Like, this is our worst market for waterproof stuff. What are you? Yeah, crazy? The, the guy inside looks so bored too. Because I imagine not many people were stopping in that day. I think I was probably the only one who rode their motorcycle to cycle gear today. Yeah, I saw one <laughs> dude tonight uh, on the freeway. It, it didn't start raining and up here at least until, uh, well, it sprinkled a little bit this afternoon. But then tonight it kind of started coming down. And I got to tell you, man, the freeways were so nice. And I know everybody in Canada right now, I just want to tell you, we've been getting your text messages and emails and Instagram <laughs> comments. Yeah, we suck because it's like 55 and raining and we're like, oh, it was terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I did want to say that people are still riding, which is kind of cool. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so nice. And the mountains, it's, it looks so pretty up here um, along the foothills because the other day you could see the snow out in the Inland Empire, like uh, mm -hmm. Big Bear and Mount Baldy and stuff. I can see the snow as I'm driving uh, down my uh, the main boulevard here. It's mm -hmm. basically like there in the background and it's just like you're driving into a postcard. And I try to take a picture and of course you're your phone camera, even a real camera doesn't catch. You have to have like a certain lens to get that yeah. like actual compression to make it look like your eye sees it. So it looked real crappy, but I was like, dude, it's so beautiful. And then like three days later when it had been kind of sunny for a couple days, of course the smog's like in the air and it's like, mm -hmm. it's like you're looking through yep. a brown film. And I was like, this is you're no like, longer oh, yeah. pretty. Yeah. We still live in Southern California. Yep. And then it rained again and it washed all the smog down onto everyone's heads. And I was like, oh, it looks beautiful again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's yep. interesting. But there has been a lot of snow. Um, I know there's a Born Free party coming up pretty soon at Mount Baldy, I think in the, like the next month, maybe mm -hmm. middle, of, middle of March or something. And so if we keep having a real winter in SoCal this year, uh, it might be snowing up there when they try to have their party. So that'll be interesting. That concludes this episode of Going Down the Rabbit Hole. See you again next time. We should get back to our game. I totally forgot. Oh, we're, yeah, yeah. yeah we're we got playing, sidetracked. What's the fake one, man? <laughs> so in our headlines, let me recap it for you again. Anybody playing along at home that is, uh had their pencil ready and has been screaming at us to get back to the game, here's your chance. I'm going to read the headlines once again to Jay. It is, Harley invites Wall Street into its dealerships, Fox Sports to air American Superbike, European Motorsport saved by a court decision, 
Suzuki files a patent for an upside-down engine, and a Florida man says Jesus told him to drive off a pier. Okay, I have a few, a few guesses. Yeah. All right. What's your first one? Uh, let's see. The one about the Harley. I don't know. Harley seems to be struggling these days. I feel like they might try to do anything to to get people more interested. So maybe I think that one is real. Okay, you are correct. That one is real. Um, Harley Davidson, as you said, they're they're struggling a little bit. Um, they're they're. In the past, they actually have, like, if you wanted to own a dealership, uh, an individual was never allowed to own more than six because they want you to be present. They want you to be there. They want it to be a family deal. So you would see a lot of family dealerships, but Mm -hmm. they wanted it to be like a family business. And so you would come there. You would know the people. That's how you make a good brand. And and actually, that's what uh, the roundtable, the uh, motorcycle roundtable that Robert Pandia did last year was talking about the dealership experience and why Harley Davidson's killing it above all other brands is because it's a brand recognition thing. And this is why is because they were family focused and they wanted you as cheesy as it is. And as, and as gaudy as the brand is, they want you to be taken care of like a family member or, Mm -hmm. or a good buddy. So now, um, they're, they're letting private equity firms invest in dealerships and it's kind of taking it away. Um, so is it going to be like a Citibank Harley or yeah. U.S. Bank yeah. Harley? Yeah, it'll, it'll be a private equity firm, but it doesn't mean that those that companies like that can't form a firm and then invest in it, you know, a shadow investor. But yeah, basically that's what it's going to be. Um, and usually private equities, when they own any company, what they do is they have a short-term strategy. How are we going to make a bunch of profit and then bail out of here and sell it to some other private equity firm? I know because I've worked for companies that have been bought and traded by private equity. You would... Pardon me. You would never know as the um, employee anything's happening, but behind mm-hmm. the scenes, you know these people are making trades. You, you start seeing programs like, "Hey, can we get more efficient in this department? Can we do this and this and this?" And yep. you're like, "Wow, why are they doing this now? Like, we've always been focused on like a good product, and now they're focusing on the you know these little tiny yep. details, sales well, what, per hour and shit." Right. What's happening is that they're focusing on the numbers because they're an equity firm, and what they do is they. They take the equity that you made and then they trade you off to someone else and bail, you know, you're part of their portfolio. So that's what's going to be happening to Harley. They're upping it from, um, you always had to be a top performer if you wanted to open more than one dealership in the first place. But now uh, you can open up to 10 uh, if you're if you're a good performer, and that just means that like there's going to be sort of monopolies, I, I, you know, like in Canada, Trev Dealey, um, Harley Davidson Dealey is like a big name up there, you know, and Mm -hmm. down here in California, you'll hear every single region kind of has a different one. There's not, there's only like in San Diego has two San Diego Harleys, but every, every other one is like such and such Harley, you know, you know, everyone has a different, different owner and they're individual like that. You know, they, they each have their own little uh, individual thing. So allowing the... I don't know, allowing an equity firm to come in is going to make it more of a monopoly. It's going to push it toward more toward the, um, you know, you got to make profits and we're going to control how you do it rather than the owner being like the actual operator. Now they're going to just be more like a middle manager is what the the article that I read was kind of hinting toward where Mm. the owner doesn't have as much control because an equity firm or the motor company says, hey, this is how we want you to run it. They don't just give you the run, you know, you're not allowed to kind of do what's good for your region. You got to do what the, uh, 
the real money holders and stakeholders. Yeah, say. I can't imagine that's going to be good for them. Like, yeah, but they are. I mean, for like the last three years, they've been reporting losses like every quarter. You know what I'm saying? And then they, they had that. Yeah. It wasn't a scandal, but the DOJ thing where they were selling super tuners and they got busted for, but from the EPA. And then the thing where they were like putting um, units sold when that was just not really sold. It was just shipped out of the factory to dealerships and the dealerships are having to take them. And mm. Harley records it as sold if, once it's left the factory, but it, then it was sitting on a showroom floor unsold. Like they don't mm-hmm. count, they don't count those. So they kind of played with that for a couple of years and kind of had to recover from that. So it, it, there was signs and I don't, this isn't going to be quite like AMF where another company comes and takes them over uh, altogether, but they will be able to take over dealership networks, which will be interesting, especially with new these new bikes coming on the way. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. 2020. The image is really changing. The Harley image is changing yeah. a lot. Even I think there was like controversy. The CEO or something was saying that they're focusing more less on the American brand, and a bunch of people got pissed off about that. <laughs> Because they, because it wasn't there the controversy where they're opening up some yeah. uh, well, in, factories in Thailand, and, yeah, yeah, and they already have a factory in India and they already have a factory in Brazil, and that's to avoid tariffs. And now they had to, you know, they were basically hoping Trump would help them. Um, I mean, they kind of had it slated, but once the Trans Pacific Partnership fell through, and it was like we had no leverage in Asia anymore, uh, they were like, dude, we gotta like we gotta go through with this plan just to avoid these tariffs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just read an article on that saying that, uh, you know, Trump was like talking about how Harley was getting wronged back in 26 or early 2017, late 2016, something like that. And then in 2018 turned around and crapped on him by raising tariffs here on yeah, steel yeah. and, uh, then saying they were an awful company for moving to overseas, but they got it. I mean, the, the Asian market, uh, you know, Royal Enfield sells like almost uh, a million motorcycles a year. And that's just in India. That doesn't count the rest of the Asian market or the rest of the world. And so yeah. Harley Davidson, they need to get wherever they can. And the Asian market obviously has a place to grow. So they need to be there. And so they need to sell there. Um, I've kind of said it before in America, when you're at the top, there's only one way to go, one place to go and that's down. Right. Mm -hmm. And so even though they still have over half the market share in large displacement bikes, they, I mean, basically, um, have matured, you know what I'm saying? Unless they come out with something new, that's going to keep people invested. You're, they're just selling the same thing over. And how many people buy a new Harley every three years? Yeah. And when they came out with the new soft tail line, all the, all the Dyna bros got mad about that. So, right. Wiggins made a good point about that too. That's a totally West coast thing. But if you have a lot of your Dyna market out here, yeah. I mean, if that was like 80% of your Dyna market, then you're hosing that 80% for however many, you know, East Coast people like the Softails for, you know. Yeah, well, I heard the new bikes ride much better. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, some people just need to, to try it, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm over Harley personally because of my own biased issues <laughs> with my bike. So, I'm I'm thoroughly done with with that, but... That was I bought mine through a third third party, so that was yeah. that was separate issues. I mean, I, I think they still make good bikes, and I think they still have a lot of good stuff coming out, but um, on the horizon, especially. But they are definitely a changing company. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So we got four more headlines, and we're uh, we're three hours in, 
And um, <laughs> we got four more headlines. Which, uh, do you need me to recap them or you, you think uh, you got well, it? Well, what was the next one? The next one was uh, uh, Fox Sports Fox. to air American Superbike. Uh, um, European Motorsport saved by court decision. Suzuki files a patent for an upside down engine. And Florida man says Jesus told him to drive off a pier. Well, I think the Florida one is true because I've heard, I hear those stories all the time. Yeah, I know. Flor- <laughs> you could basically say anything. Uh, a man chokes <laughs> anaconda that was eating uh, an orangutan that was beating his wife up. Hashtag well, I, mean, Florida. I remember Florida had that one where like some guy was like eating some dude's face <laughs> Yeah, uh, on the side of the road or something yeah. crazy. Florida uh, it had to do with like bath salts or something. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Dude, Florida or just Florida, you know? Uh, so but Florida. the Fox one, I, I'll say, I don't know too much about that, so I'll say that's true. Okay, that is true, and I am super stoked about this. Uh, Fox Sports just announced, well, Fox Sports Two, which is like their probably their sports package on any cable package. I don't have cable, so I, I wouldn't know. But um, for the longest time, BN was the one that. Uh, you had, to, you had to subscribe to a sports package through BN, which is a Spanish company, and that's how you would get your um, soccer and uh, MotoGP, and then American like Moto America was thrown in with part of that package. But uh, Fox Sports Two has said that they are going to uh, include the superbike races, and uh, I saw this on forget where I saw this article, but, um, they're basically, they, I think they already have a, a schedule set up for it and they're going to, uh, air just the superbike portion, but they're going to air Saturday and Sunday. Cause I was like, Oh, they're not airing, um, the junior cup and they're not airing, uh, the suit, the, um, sport super sport, which is the 600s class, which, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Moto America, um, if you go to BN Sports USA, you could get everything there, and it was really cool. And I, 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 I pray that they continue to do that. I didn't read where they were canceling their. Um, I didn't see anything about at least that they were canceling their uh, account or their um, their deal with BN. So I hope that BN is still carrying it for the European market, and you'll still be able to get BN on BN USA on YouTube um, because you could stream everything uh all the race weekends were up and they even had a show called like in the paddock or something like that and the, the two hosts on there are super funny and super um insightful and mm-hmm. um, like just in touch with what's going on in motorcycle racing in general and they did some really good interviews as well so i i super hope that that stays part of the excuse me the bn sports package but i hope that this fox sports too is an additional thing because it, it would be really cool to see um you know you can watch um, on NBC, you can watch Supercross, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of cool to have a deal where people get mainstream media, uh, a motorcycle race. That's what we need. You know, that's what, yeah, what it agree. used to be. It kind of went the way of the Dodo over the last uh, like decade. And now they're slowly bringing it back. And this Fox Sports 2 deal is uh, just one more step in the right direction to get more eyes and more hearts back into American racing. So that one is true. Good job on that. All right, um, two for two. Two for two. So uh, three left. We got the European Motorsport, the Suzuki, and the Florida Man. Uh, <clears throat> European Motorsport. Um, I'm going to say that's also true. All right. 
You're three for three, kiddo. All right. All right. So uh, <laughs> when did this happen? I'm not 100% sure when this happened, but I think it was last year. Uh, Europe, the European Union actually uh, has like a crazy uh, pan-European insurance a requirement or something like that. And I guess it makes sense when you're in, when you're in Europe and it's almost like driving across the United States. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like that's basically how driving across Europe is. It, the countries are pretty close together. So you probably do travel intra country quite a bit. So they made it, um, basically there was a landmark ruling by the European parliament to exempt competition vehicles from EU motor insurance directive. And the motor insurance directive said that like, no matter what, the vehicle is if it has an engine it has to be insured motorcycles trucks uh, tractors school buses um it mm. doesn't it doesn't matter what it is um it has to have insurance and race cars and race bikes don't have an insurance like that i mean i'm i'm sure race teams can buy insurance in case like you get hurt like a medical package or something like that or mm-hmm. i'm sure there's something that the uh, series puts together like that um but as far as like insurance like geico does not offer race car insurance you know what i'm saying right and uh or race bike insurance so it was saying anything anything that runs has to have insurance so they did they made an exemption for race vehicles and um you know any competition vehicle uh and the whole thing started because some dude in slovakia i think i read oh slovenia uh damien vnuk was knocked off a ladder by a tractor that was uh, backing up on a farmyard and it backed you know backed up and hit him off his tractor so even farm equipment has to have insurance because any any accident that happens they want you to be covered um Mm -hmm. so obviously you know mark marquez if this was if this was like a thing mark marquez was been in trouble a long time ago for knocking everybody off their motorcycles in the corners his premium (laughs) would have been super high and uh, i know there's a couple race drivers too like in um touring car that you know from norway and stuff that like to uh, swap paint on a regular basis let's say so i know their policies would have been super expensive so they said all right, competition vehicles, like, let's use our common sense here and make it so, obviously, race cars and race bikes don't have to have insurance. Like, that's kind of silly. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they struck it down, um, made an exception for it, and, um, yeah, go ahead and crash as much as you want now racing. <laughs> and, and don't worry about your premiums going up. So that leaves two. So the Suzuki files for uh, patent for upside down engine and Florida man says Jesus told him to drive off a pier. Um, I don't know the upside down engine. I I don't know the mechanics of how that would work. That sounds fake to me. All right, that one is true. Oh yeah, Suzuki filed a patent for an upside down engine. It's not actually upside down. This that's what the headline was, and I go by the headlines, but it was kind of if you take an engine and flip it around and then flip it on its back like turn it around 180 Mm -hmm. degrees and then slap it on its back supposedly they were doing it to get like the center of gravity and the crankshaft lined up with the swing arm a certain way to give it more space um in the rear end and centralize the center of gravity up toward the front and middle, like right where the rider sits over, and then be able to make the swing arm longer, which would give it more stability. So they were trying to look for a quicker handling by getting this mass centralized, but then more stability by giving it a super long swing arm. And the swing arm would actually mount right roughly around where the crank pin goes through, um, 
or not, I guess like the crank, the center of the crank shaft or something like that, like Mm -hmm. something like that where it lined up to get it super balanced. Um, the thing is they don't know if they're ever going to see that. And it's not the first time a motorcycle would be flipped upside down. Actually the Husaberg 570s, um, from 2009 to 2013 had like a flipped engine. And then there's this bike called the Nembo 32, which I had to look up. I'd never heard of it. It's like this crazy Italian bike and the site is in Italian. They look like Ducati, um, Ducati monster almost. But Hmm. on that bike, the head is literally facing straight down and the crank and everything is up on top, like the gearbox. The the intake and exhaust on that thing looks wild, but it's really just, if you're looking at a conventional motor, it's just all flipped up onto the top, and then they just flipped it upside down. There's nothing saying you can't have, like, the head and the cams on the bottom. It's just you're... Right. you're Does it make it taller? Uh, The way they had it made it so that it was shorter, and um, because then they kind of, instead of having the tranny behind the crankshaft and all that stuff, the tranny kind of fell down toward the center of the bike again because then it had to line up with the chain and everything. So it was really interesting how they had everything mm. driven. It was almost like a V twin, but instead mm-hmm. of instead of the rear twin, the rear cylinder being a cylinder, that's like where the tranny and stuff would be. It was kind of an interesting... Um, I should probably put like notes to that website. It's all in Italian. I couldn't understand it, but I was looking at the pictures going, oh yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> So the uh, the fakie was the Florida man. Florida. Wow, that's that sneaky. Tricked me with that yeah. one. And you know what? It's not entirely fake because a guy did do this in his Lamborghini. <laughs> so uh, a guy in Florida uh, parked his Lamborghini on the pier. Or not his Lamborghini, a Ferrari. That's what it was. He parked his Ferrari mm-hmm. on the pier. The cops pulled up and said, hey, you're not allowed to park a Ferrari on these docks. So he said, oh, okay, let me go get my... Uh, registration out of the car and instead he jumped in the car and uh (laughs) backed it up to get a good run at the pier and then drove it off the pier and when they asked him why he did it um he said jesus told me to and then he had like a this rad like meth head crack out story (laughs) but dude he drove this thing into the water um and it didn't look super deep but it was deep enough to where i mean it it went all the way under it was like a it was like a uh a pier you know and um he, so is that considered an act of God? Would it? I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe cover that, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah, there you go. If Jesus told you to do it, it is an act of God, and your comprehensive should cover it. Um, <laughs> but dude, he he got trapped inside because the water pressure. You know what I'm saying? Sealed up. So. Oh, so he was inside. Yeah, no, no, it. he was oh. he was in it, dude. He was in it, and then they uh, a fisherman in a boat had to come rescue him, and then they used airbags to float it back up to the surface. But there's wow. there's a video of it too. I should. Uh, uh, link it. I found that on the Florida man. I follow that on Twitter. Uh, Florida man and Florida woman. Just because it's the, if you need a laugh, if you're having a bad day, just go to the Twitter handle for Florida man or Florida woman, and you're just gonna get like the biggest treat of yep. you know. It's gonna make even if you're a scumbag, this is gonna make you feel a whole lot better. And if you're a dum dum, it'll make you feel smart. Like dude, Florida is just I I don't even know. Yeah, there's some wild stuff going on yeah. over there. Something's in the water. Yeah, you were three for three. I'm uh, I'm stoked that you got that far. And Suzuki making an upside down motor. That the article I read uh, was like, we don't ever expect this to make it to production because it's just kind of like an idea. But Harley actually patented a leaning uh, three wheel 
um, front end a long time ago, like 2007. And it's like now the Nikens are coming out and like the right. Can-Ams Harley might, you know, you never know, especially with these new bikes when they're going to pull something crazy out of the, uh, well, know. how many people are buying those Nikens? Uh, I'm going to guess not that many, but we, I haven't seen yet. We'll see as soon as the, uh, sales data for 2018 comes out, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm curious to see. Cause yeah. I know when the, like when the slingshots came out and the Can-Ams, the, the, I saw a lot of those when yeah. they first came out, oh, but yeah. then I just saw a lot of them winding up back at the dealership. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I've seen, you know, uh, I've seen about a handful of slingshots consistently in the wild. There was one that used to park at the grocery store um, where I used to live. I used to live in uh, Alhambra. And Mm -hmm. uh, there was one there at the Ralph's or something quite a lot. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then I've seen a couple on the way up to the crest a couple times on the 210 um, going like north up there. I seen the same one, like this grayish silver one a few times and, uh, the same dude, same helmet. He, you know, you have to wear a helmet. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, same dude, same plate and everything. And so I was like, Oh, he must live up here or he's likes carving the crest and that thing. But to be honest, I mean, besides the, the most of them that I've ever seen is that, a show you know yeah like I've never yeah seen I, when, I, a hell when I lived in uh hollywood i saw a couple of them out in the hollywood yeah. area i feel like that's t- i feel basically it's like uh when teslas were brand new like you would see them in like the super fancy people that were like trying to have an extra toy sort of thing yeah but yeah i sure as heck don't see like them even as much as scooters, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I remember I saw one in Hollywood that like they made it look like uh, the Batman car. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. Um, Can Ams, I've actually seen a group of them cruising around. Uh, I, I forget where we were going. We we're headed up the coast, I think. And coming down like the five or the one or something like that, there was, uh, I'm going to say about 10 or 15 of them in this caravan. And it was all Can-Am, the touring ones, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the GT or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I know the writers groups for that are pretty strong. And one of the guys from Loud Pipes podcast uh, rides a Can-Am and, you know, just loves that. Puts puts like... I'm not just like hundreds of miles, puts like thousands of miles on like tens of thousands of miles each year. He'll, he'll take like a 1600 mile ride just to go get fish and chips and put mm. miles on it and then come back. So he's a, he's a long haul dude. Um, yeah, I saw him. You went to, uh, what was it? IMS, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw they were doing what was that the slingshot that they were yep. doing the the donuts on? Yeah, I wanted was, to try that so yeah. bad, but I the line was really long. Yeah, they were doing that at AIM too, and it was, uh, I I think I said it in our AIM wrap up. It was annoying. Like there was just so much <laughs> tire smoke, and all yep. you hear is. Yep, that when we were walking up to the ticket booth, you, you could see the smoke, you could smell it, the burning rubber, and you could just hear the screeching. I heard yeah. that, uh, like, they, uh, I don't remember, I read, read an article on Redzilla that somewhere in the Midwest, they actually made them shut it down because the vendors uh, were complaining. Oh, uh, could have been, could have been. Uh, and I'm sure, like, in the Midwest, they were doing it... Uh, 
indoors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. But the vendors were complaining because they were just getting smoked out. Oh, yeah. They were just like in the back, the backdraft. Yeah, so I think Honda at, at, at uh, the AIM over in Nevada, Honda or Kawasaki, they were right next to it. And I think one of them like said something like, dudes, come on, give it a break. Like it, it's pretty <laughs> annoying. It looks fun. Don't get me wrong. It looks hella fun. But at the same time, like all you hear is just... And you're like, yeah, all day long. Can that yeah. thing just like drive around like an autocross course, maybe? Like, instead of, we know you can break the rear loose because there's only one tire back there, but <laughs> can you maybe just show us what else it can do? Like, carve corners? Maybe, maybe it understeers and you have to drift it everywhere you go. You know, I don't know. That's why I, I want to see, like, what does it actually do? So, yeah, when we walked up to the barriers for everyone that was like watching at the crowd, I was getting nervous because I've, I've seen too many of like the Mustang uh, oh, YouTube dude. videos. No, mustangs will kill you. <laughs> I've seen too many of those videos. And so I was like, I don't want to stand too close because I mean, shoot, I don't want to be in the aftermath if anything does go wrong. Right. Like the thing just cartwheels into you or something. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> no, Mustangs are uh, generally. Um, not safe for humankind, I don't think. A slingshot <laughs> is actually much safer. Um, yeah, we have a lot of Mustang clubs out in Long oh, Beach area. Yeah, and we'll sure. hear them late, like late at night, just like they all... We live by a Costco, and so they meet it in the Costco parking lot. Yeah. And then they just all take off from there. It's crazy because on the news for about a hot second... Uh, I just heard this crazy. I was listening to this podcast today the, about motorcycles, and they were talking about how the news um, cycle is like twenty four hours now, and it's true. It's true. Like I'm sure those parking lot throwdowns are happening still, but they just don't make the news anymore. But that's like a lot of times they would go to a big open parking lot like a Costco or any huge department store and do little meetups there and start drifting and shit, and then like run into each other and crash, and then like all bail when the cops came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I read another article where they're like uh, cops were tracking the meets through social media. Oh yeah. So then it just like they had to start kind of going underground. So there were like these text message clubs, and then just everyone would text like, "Oh, we're meeting down at this lot on this day." Yeah. And then that's how they were, would still yeah. evade Dude, evade the law enforcement. When I used to go to stuff like that, like the street drags, and stuff, I don't want to. I don't want to say that I ever endorsed it because I would I would go to the street legal drags but a lot of those dudes afterwards would be like dude we're not done racing yet and they're shutting you know they're done for the night let's go meet at blah 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 street you know and they would you know this is back before smartphones like you would have to it was like a cell phone uh, mm-hmm. I, think, I think cell phones were probably yeah they were probably around but they were like the little click click ones you know uh, yeah the flip phones yeah yeah <laughs> and the kind that you could push to talk like walkie talkies Dude. Oh yeah, the yeah. Motorola's. Yep, yep. Then you and, get chirped. Yeah, you would just hear a bunch of chirping, and then you'd know, like, okay, everyone's like setting up the rendezvous point. But yeah, we didn't have like Facebook or, I think maybe Friendster might have been, you know, the very first <laughs> social network. But this is even before that. You just had to, yeah. you just had to know somebody that was going there, and then you'd all. It was like a flash mob. Everyone would just show up, and it was like a miracle that it even went down. But, yeah, nowadays, like you can track so much stuff through social media and all that. You're you're not private anymore, which is actually uh, something I I is coming into. <laughs> you know, I, I, I you and I kind of talked about AI and all that crazy stuff. Maybe we should bring that up on a on a a new show because there's so much stuff. I just listened to um, a podcast about cars today and how much 
integration is happening in cars and it's kind of scary. So speaking of tracking and mm-hmm. social media and being spied on by everybody that wants your information, we should talk about that someday. Oh yeah. There's lots of, lots of articles out there talking about all the, the innovations and the cameras and the, oh, the yeah. algorithms. Oh, yeah. Like they're putting on cameras on, on uh, police cars that can like recognize, have like facial recognition. Yeah. So A- when AI, they pull you uh, over, they can say they have probable cause because you, you triggers their algorithm supposedly you know, i remember when minority port was was just a movie you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and uh it seems like more and more of that stuff is coming true even the even the weird holographic screens that people use that is so <laughs> coming true it's it's a, yeah, yeah it's crazy man it's it's nuts yeah wiggins had that uh took a picture of a of a bumper sticker a couple of weeks ago that said keep 1984 fiction or something like that or i remember <laughs> when 1984 was fiction and i was like yeah mm-hmm. it is so coming true um Speaking of movies and the the weather, Carolyn Perone, I want to mention uh, Caro seventy four happy on um, Instagram. She she's Carolyn Perone. She makes a lot of awesome art, and she also does coffee cups and stuff like that. Uh, she was listening to the show last week where we were talking about weather, and you were talking about riding through the rain, and she um, was fairly disgusted because. Uh, she was standing in about three feet of snow listening to us complain about <laughs> <laughs> about rain. So, Carolyn. Hi, I, Carolyn. Yeah, I just we're we're s- sending you happy vibes yeah. from California. We're sending you some sunshine. <laughs> and uh, if not physically, mentally, we want you to have the mental sunshine. I know you'll make it through. Send us a funny story or an artwork or a song or anything for Solstice Slam. I know it'll make you feel warmer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I well, know- I mean... I know they may have six inches of snow, but I did ride through six inches of water. Yeah. So oh, six I don't know inches. If that counts. You're gonna get us slapped. It's like, it's like six feet. <laughs> but hey, I don't know. As much as it rained over the last month, we probably did have six feet of rain. So cumulatively, you've ridden through as much rain as they have had snow. But yeah, uh, well, with how how poorly the storm drains work around here, dude, definitely yeah. believe that it was it was pretty hardcore for at least hours there uh, in most parts of LA. They couldn't drain fast enough. And then we had Lake, you know, Lake LA pop up everywhere. Yeah. Um, we have had bad weather and I recently started binging. Um, I'm going to say about, well, to back it up a second, I'm going to say about two years ago, I told my wife, Hey dude, I saw, I'd never watched game of Thrones. My friend had read the book and the <laughs> book was like, actually, or books. Um, they were, God, they were like 900 pages each. And I think he wrote, there was like three or four of them and he read them all. And then they came out with the series and he's like, Oh, we got to watch the series. I never watched it. Um, I know it's like coming up on season nine or something now. So just, I told my wife about it. And since she's a teacher one summer while she wasn't, working she decided to binge watch it all without me and i was like dude i told you about it it looked cool i watched half of the first episode and waited for you you blew through the whole thing so i just recently binged watched it over the last couple weeks and i gotta say it's a good series yeah you know go ahead i was gonna say i felt like i was living at winterfell because the the weather here lately i I, it was it's been chilly i mean even if it hasn't been snowy it's been pretty cold here and i i was like dude i sympathize right now with all these (laughs) fools stuck out on these like frozen tundras in this show right I, i felt like i was in um surround uh, like surround vision or whatever. It was, it was pretty awesome. But um, yeah. yeah, that's a good series. And so for all of you people that are holed up in like 
eight feet of snow and you can't even get to your workshop like Chris Singsheim couldn't even get to his uh work on his bike he had to like hike in because the roads were uh beyond snowed in so he had to walk to work on his bike um you should watch Game of Thrones man give up on the bike for at least a month and and just Netflix and chill with yourself and a hot toddy and uh watch a good show yeah it's pretty good I know my girlfriend she started watching it before me and I was like uh there's too much hype around it I was not interested and then one day I came home and she was watching it and I just got sucked into it and then I just binge watched it myself too so it is it's pretty good it's good and you know what I binge watched Lost when my wife was pregnant with my daughter um Speaking of shows that are how are all hype and no, uh, <laughs> and then like every my, I remember my friends were just like, oh my god, like the show is so amazing, like and you know when it's going on, I'm sure it felt that way, but when you binge watch the whole thing, you're just like, dude, this is the dumbest show on earth. Like, yeah, I watched it for a little while, but then I lost interest because I was like, I feel like it wasn't going anywhere. That's the problem. It had so much plot that it it was like an octopus and you had to follow, you would try to follow each tentacle only to find that at the end of it was a middle finger pointing at you. So then you had to go all the way back to the body and go down <laughs> another tentacle. And I feel like they didn't have, um, I think somebody was telling me that the, even the writers of the show just had this like weird, like thought map on the wall. And that's mm-hmm. how, that's why the show was like that. Cause they would like, they had the central <laughs> core idea and they would run out on this one road and it would just stop. So they'd be like, ah, oh, well crap, let's go back and write down, you know, make another road of ideas. <laughs> and so it was literally like, you know, what is actually like that now that's on uh, Netflix. Do you watch black mirror at all? Yeah. I like black. Mirror. Yeah. That's, have you heard, watched the, uh, Bandersnatch? Uh-uh. It's like, uh, so it's kind of like choose your adventure type things. Yeah. So you watch it and then if you have a remote or we watched it on PlayStation, you like take your controller and I'll give you like two options, like red, blue, red pill, blue pill or whatever. And then you just like, it'll, you'll follow the plot. But I do not recommend. <laughs> I got bored after like twenty minutes because then it sends you back to the beginning. And my girlfriend was like, "I'm tired. I don't want to like press buttons when I'm trying to watch something. Right. Like I just want I just want it to like tell me the story." Uh, so I was a little disappointed with that with that one. Yeah, my kids watched a Minecraft cartoon, and it does. You you can do the same thing. You can pick like the different adventures. But yeah, it always. It's it's always usually stupid. It's never usually as developed as if like they wrote an actual good plot for it. Yeah, but to circle back to our AI thing, I just read an article yesterday that there was a bunch of data that Netflix is collecting from the choices that you make on that show. So then oh, they're like I, apparently building algorithms for like what types of shows you may want to watch or like your profile, like personality profile. All of that data is being tracked by Netflix. So that was really interesting because I was, I was saying that when we were watching it, too, because I was like, what do you how much you want to bet? They're like watching us while we're watching this. <laughs> I was getting like into conspiracy theory mode that's a the little o- bit. That's the only reason to do anything anymore if you're a business i mean the only way you profit off of having anything fun is to make it so that you can track i mean you're using it to find out what people like to have advertised to them and it's so funny because that that came up today in uh, a podcast i was listening to about collision in automotive and like even that industry is like talking about people nowadays um want to be catered to because 
over the last 10 years, well, let's say five years since Facebook's been doing it, because Facebook did start out as just like a friendly network, kind of like MySpace was, but just Mm -hmm. a little bit better platform. And then they're like, ah, we can make, when they went public, people are like, how are they going to make money? Well, surprise, we got you. Because now everything has a like thumbs up on it. And before Facebook, that was not a thing. You know what I'm saying? The like button on every website was a thing. Um, And then Amazon is coupling with people. And now Amazon and Facebook are coupling with your car even. And you're Mm -hmm. connected. And the stuff that you're talking about and saying there isn't private anymore. You know what I'm saying? And the same thing with Google Maps because now they're like tracking like which restaurants you're going to. And you can do like the thumbs up thing when you get to a destination and all, all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. I read when Google took over Waze, which Waze started out as an awesome thing, but how are you going to make money from a free app that has all that awesome features? Well, you're going to start featuring businesses that are nearby. And de- depending on what you do in one app, uh, the API, which is the across platform integration or whatever, I guess can like steal your data from maybe they look at what you bought recently on Amazon. If it's on, if you have an Amazon app on your phone, right. Or like if you're, uh, if you have like a shopping app or anything on your phone, they'll look at all that crap and be like, Oh, look at this. And, or even your friends on Facebook, it can say, Hey, look, your friends were here. Let's suggest mm-hmm. this sort of stuff to you. And on ways, now that you're by one of those businesses, boom, we'll make a pop up on the app and we'll say, Oh, we'll give you a point or something like that. Or some gold stars. If you go visit it, like there was all sorts of stuff like that happening. And Oh yeah. I, I was talking to my, one of my buddies on Instagram. We were in an Instagram chat, just talking to me and my buddy and we were talking about getting adventure bikes. And then sure enough, I go to scroll down my feed. And then all of these advertisements for adventure bikes hmm. started popping up. And I was Very, just like, wow. Yeah. Interesting, right? Coincidental, yeah. right? I don't think yeah. so. I've had that happen multiple times. Yeah, it's the future is scary. <laughs> and the funny, the crazy thing is... um. Uh, we're kind of signing it away. We're like letting them do it. Nobody who's nobody's getting off Instagram. Oh, and actually Instagram bought Snapchat, I think, or, or Facebook bought Instagram. And, yeah, I don't, I don't, and then they bought, they, I think they have Snapchat too, or, some, or they copied Snapchat or yeah, something like that. Somebody, I forget who owns Snap, but Snap owns this like Bitmoji thing. And like my, uh, one of my wife's friends was like, Oh, you should get Bitmoji. It's really cool. Like it makes your face a cartoon, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm looking and it's like right in their privacy statement, it says that they can, that keyboard can read anything that you type or have typed. Oh, wow. So your phone is somehow storing. Cause then you put it in your little text message and you get your little face guy to say, Hey, we, mm-hmm. and it's like, but if you've typed your credit card number in on this phone or with, with the keyboard on your phone, then we can read that. We can read any data before or after this. So I didn't end up installing the app. I was like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Back out. Honey, did you know I was doing this? And they're like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, we don't, like, they already got your information anyway. That's the wrong way to look at it, man. Like, yeah, well, I was freaking out because we have like one of those smart TVs and like I got into conspiracy theory mode, which I occasionally get into. And I was talking to my girlfriend. I was like, what if they can hear our conversations because they have microphones and they're like, like yeah. no, but she was like, no, no, you're, you're crazy. And then about two months later, there was like some lawsuit that came out because they were recording people's conversations through yeah. these TVs. Yeah. And I found out that the PlayStation, cause we have a PlayStation four and those have microphones in them. And then 
who knows when the microphone is on. Yeah. You that, know, my so. wife is constantly muting our Alexa and we don't even have it hooked up. Like my buddy has his Alexa hooked up to his house. And um, so he can say like, turn on the TV and turn on this and that. And I'm like, dude, what are you going to do when they like revolt against you? Or what are you going to do when you want to <laughs> watch something? And that's not what Amazon wants you to watch. And so they make, yeah. they, they make you watch their show. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. a, it's a weird thing to think about. And it seems so conspiracy theory and, and prepper, but at the same time, it's like the, uh, they, a, a lot of that out. stuff is happening. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, uh, I read another article about, cause I listened to Spotify and they're playing with developing algorithms that can predict what your mood is. And then they'll put together a playlist. So like, if you're kind of depressed, it'll put together a playlist that would be like more depressing music that you would listen to Damn. or whatever. Who and I'm just like, man, I know. I remember back in the day when I'm depressed, I want to choose what I want to listen to. I don't want an algorithm <laughs> right. to choose for me. Right. <laughs> I don't want it to, uh, a playlist to start playing because now whenever anything happens, you feel like you're obligated to look at it. When a, when a message pops up on your phone, you feel like you're obligated to look at it. When I'm sad, I want to go get out on my motorcycle. I don't want to sit there and listen to a playlist for three hours and then get fed ads. But now I guess I'm gonna because, you know, such and such wants to hook it to me. But it's funny. It sounds real conspiracy theory and it sounds really crazy. But then things happen like the lawsuit where uh, I think somebody was trying to get Alexa. Um, Alexa is always listening because otherwise, how would it know when you said its name? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's always listening for its name to be said. So even if it's not responding to a direct command, it's always listening because it, once it hears its name, then it then it responds. And a murder had happened. And so they were, prosecutors were trying to get Amazon to release that data. And luckily mm. at this time, they're like... Uh, no, we're not going to, that's private data. I, we realize it has like the murder on it, but once we give that to you, now we're giving you access to everybody's, you could just say, Hey, we need, we need this for this case. We need this for this case. And there's no privacy. Basically anybody with an Amazon or anybody with a, a listening capable device, like a smartphone, you could turn the speaker on, on a smartphone and listen to it or a computer, mm-hmm. computer camera, anything that they could get into. And, and trust me, I'm, I'm pretty sure like the NSA or the CIA or FBI could hack into your thing. I'm, I'm sure that uh, if they wanted oh, yeah. to, they could. Well, I mean, iPhones were just getting, there is a, an article about, uh, if you you did like a FaceTime and then you could like, I don't know, there was some sort of way where you could turn your phone on to record people's conversations and mm-hmm. then people could turn it on remotely. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it was like some sort of bug that they're trying to get sorted out. Yeah, you can. But, yeah. And that's what a lot of hackers uh, would do. And I mean, people hack into celebrities photo accounts all the time. It's yeah. it'd be just as easy to turn on their webcam. And actually the thing with cars is like now that cars and motorcycles are getting a little more connected, that's going to be the next thing is somebody's going to, be able to see where you're at and come steal your car yeah. or mess well, with you, lock you like, in your car via on hacking into OnStar. Yeah. Well, it's like a double-edged sword because like when I took my trip up to Monterey last year for Thanksgiving, it was a solo trip and I left by myself and it was late at night. And, um, actually one of my, my friends that I went to visit, she's like, you can turn on location sharing through Google maps so that just in case there was an emergency, and I had an accident, you can see where I am. So like if it shows that I still haven't left this one spot, then they can see like, are you okay? Give me a call or whatever. So like when I go on long trips, like I'll do location sharing with my girlfriend just so that she knows that, you know, 
I didn't go down or whatever. Right. So, I mean, I like features like that, but then I like the ability to be able to opt out of it yeah. when I don't want For to sure. be tracked. And that's the thing. I think we, obviously we survived before this stuff existed. And people survived for thousands of years before us without all this stuff. But I, I feel like the companies are making us feel like we need this stuff. And right. that, one of the things with motorcycles and becoming like more and more uh, technically advanced and, you know, the nanny, everyone's talking about the nanny bikes with like, they have to have ABS <laughs> and they have to, like, that's one more thing where I'm like, I'm, I'm not against all that and I'm not against better safety and I'm not against, uh, you know, better riding, but I am against control. And I feel right. like this whole conversation could have pivoted around that. Like, yeah, con- you don't, you no longer have control over like your devices, what you see, what you're being fed, how you ride, like in the future, how you ride and drive. Like, it's really interesting uh, there's gonna there's cars coming out that don't have steering wheels in them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And that seems to be what the next generation they want. When I was a kid, the Jetsons was on TV, and the guy flew around. <laughs> and uh, well, probably the thing flew around. He didn't have to do anything. But that's basically like that stuff's coming to real life now, and it's kind of freaky, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm kind of I just don't want it to negatively impact motorcycle culture because if we get so as if mainstream society gets used to having cars drive them around and have things done for them you lose that visceral feeling of like being on the road and like having control over your vehicle and that to me that's what i love about motorcycles you know it's just i just hop on the bike and just go for a spin whenever i want and i don't have to have it and even though it can be risky because, you know, if I'm lane, especially in California, if I'm lane sp- splitting or whatever, but I rely on my senses to keep myself safe yeah. as, as best I can. You know, I'm not like looking at a computer telling me that a car is coming my way. Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah. <laughs> using my eyes yeah. and all of my senses to like keep myself alive. Right. And, and that's what has kept me on the motorcycle is like, even though I've had accidents and I know the danger it's just, it's that feeling of the adrenaline and the excitement. And I'm just afraid that all this technology is taking that feeling away from us. Yeah. You know? I, 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 the funny thing is that like in the name of safer driving, I bet you um, like BMW is one of the first ones. They've already talked about their next 100 where you're, they're going to build an uncrashable bike. And I bet mm-hmm. you they're going to be one of the first companies. They're so innovative and so forward thinking. And it's always been so awesome in the past because it's helped them make these incredible machines that everyone loves for the love of driving and Farfignugan or whatever BMW called it back in the 90s. <laughs> but on the, then we're crossing into this new horizon where well, we're not, we haven't crossed the horizon yet, but it, on the horizon is the line where we we aren't in control anymore and it's no longer about the thrill of the drive the thrill of the ride it's uh yeah the uh what's the word i'm looking for the um the industriousness of of not having to do anything of us yeah, just well, being it's making, able to it's like make it, it's kind of like the the subliminal message is that like that adrenaline that i spoke of and that excitement is somehow a bad thing because it has a dangerous element to it. And like, so because if anything is, has any inherent danger, then, oh, we don't want that. 
But I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that life is dangerous and you can have all of the technology <laughs> in the world and all of the robots and all of the AI and people will still die. Yeah. Because there's that's just part of life. Humans were meant to be born, to live, and then to die. <laughs> Dude, this is so crazy that you took it there because I was thinking about the same thing today. I've been listening to podcasts uh, and ra- uh, not, this was a radio show I was listening to last night um, talking about... Uh, the how things have changed for the better and then like the road to hell has been paved with the good intentions because like back in the day people were trying to help um, tribes in the Amazon and instead they went in and exploited uh, the tribes and took a bunch of stuff out and they got actually the cures for medicine from like the Amazon but then also like in Mexico and parts of the Amazon they wanted to help people farm and they totally went in and screwed up thousands of years of nature in, mm-hmm. in like 10 years of trying to make a better agricultural system and it ended up over farming it. And they're, cause they were talking about how pretty soon there's going to be more people on earth than, uh, the earth can, can, um, uh, sustain, sustain. Right. God, I'm, I'm glad you're here to help me with these words. I'm forgetting. But, um, it's all the, uh, it's all the radiator fluid uh, I've been drinking, <laughs> um, but yet yeah, no. And, and, and it sounds like so end of times when you hear people talk about it, but when they, bring out the numbers it's like oh yeah well you can't yeah okay yeah well yeah you can't deny that and yeah that's true that's true that's true and the the population has grown medicine has got so much better and this is my thing cars are getting so much safer and motorcycles are getting so much safer that not only are, are do we as a culture feel like it's not going to be fun anymore because it's not dangerous anymore but also with all this good medicine and cars that won't let you crash, like we are not improving our gene pool. You know, yeah. I, it sucks to say people should die, but I think we need like a good plague. We haven't had like a good plague or like a good, um, I don't know, some sort of weird, like devastatingly, you know, huge war. And and this is awful yeah. to wish this because we're, we're moving toward like a u- utopia where nobody fights and this and that. But at the same time, utopia has to be gigantic if you're going to well, repopulate. Well, I have a very... I have a very controversial take and I might get some pushback on this, but I mean, we have all of this safety culture that is evolving and continuing to evolve, but look at the epidemic rates of opioid use and drug use just in America alone. Like there's still something in people that is seeking some sort of feeling, whether they're finding it through drugs or whatever. I I feel like, that might be connected to it because if you want a thrill, then I mean, that seems like a way to get it, you know, exactly. Not necessarily a a, a good way. Absolutely not. Right. And then you get hooked and then the pharmaceutical companies are like making money off it too. So it's, it's like, what if motorcycle dealerships made as much money as pharmaceutical companies? Like it'd be a much different world. You know, we, uh, we'd be tearing up golf courses to make, (laughs) motocross tracks because they'd be so profitable when everyone in town is fiending for, you know, everyone from the, uh, brokest guy on the block to like the, you know, lawyer, they're all hooked on whatever, you know, Percocets or whatever. Yeah. I I mean, I think, I think humans have a, a, a something primitive in them that seeks that thrill. It's, it's like the fight or flight. Dude. I don't think we can get that out of our systems. I think that's genetically built into the human psyche. We used to have to, at least in North America, fight off dire wolves and saber toothed tigers in order to get a mastodon or a giant elk or whatever, you know, there was really big old deer that used to live back in the day. And it's like, 
buddy, we got to go fight off like three dire wolves today to go get that thing. Like, we're going to do this? Hell yeah. Let's get our sticks and go. You know what I'm saying? Like, life, right. life was a struggle. And now that it's not, yeah, I think you're right. Like, things are just softer. And I'm not saying like I want a huge war and I'm not saying I want a huge epidemic. And I'm not even saying like I think we should have population control because I think of China and all the stuff I used to read about in China when you had like more than one kid. Um, or, or even Japan. But then now as I get older, I'm like, dude, they, they knew what they were talking about though because you, when you can't sustain, when you start procreating and your house fills up huge, what if you can't mm-hmm. get a bigger house? Like Japan, right. Japan is an island. <laughs> there's not much, you know, there's only so much space you could have. Uh, well, now they're having the opposite problem where they're trying to encourage people to have kids hey, because no, listen, they, it's great. like actually dropped off. <laughs> no, great, great. Just invite more tourists over. Invite some of these people from uh, overpopulated areas to visit and uh, stay for an extended time and then go back, you know. Maybe we just need to lighten up a little bit. But the thing is, everybody's surviving now. Actually, that's untrue. The same hipsters that probably love brown seats and uh, sparkly cocoa one-gallon gas tanks (laughs) aren't vaccinating their kids. So I think a measles, uh, you know, one of these eradicated things like measles or leprosy, it's coming to come back. It's going to wipe us out. Smallpox or polio, something that hasn't been around for like a good 150 years is going to come back and take its toll because it's not cool to vaccinate your kids. So actually, it might be coming on the horizon. Well, I, I think nature always wins. Nature always has a way of like man will fight nature and like dominate for a little bit and then nature will slap back and be like bitch i'm the one who's in control (laughs) hey have you seen bird box yes yeah (laughs) Uh, I i think that was like a remake of the happening my wife actually read the book bird box Actually, I think this was one where she saw the movie first because she has this rad shirt that says, don't judge a a book by its movie. But um, (laughs) I think she said that uh, Bird Box actually was not too shabby when it came to, uh, what's it called? Matching up to the the storyline. Yeah. For over 125 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clawman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clawman Pickle in your face. Clawman's guaranteed. I'm Mama Clawman, and I recommend Clawman Pickles for the win. You heard, Mama. Put a Clawman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clawman's, the only pickle for motorcyclists. Um, yeah, speaking of, speaking of the end of the world and, and bird box and times ending, um, did you know there's like a new video game that's coming out that features, uh, I guess like preppers or something like that. Maybe mm. not preppers It features, I want to say it's, um, like freakers, like the end of the world. I feel like there's been a lot of video games. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, but this one on the cover, it had a dude, um, leaning against some sort of modified BMW motorcycle. So I got really mm. excited about it. I saved it because I saw it on Instagram, and now I can't find it. But, um, yeah, like, I think there's enough people that are holed up in the world right now that need a little bit of either books or movies or something like that. I think we can help them out. And I'm sorry, you probably heard the phone slamming all around, but the listeners didn't. But uh, <laughs> I, I was digging through my Instagram feed to see if I could find the name of that game. But it's basically this dude um, leaning against what looks like a like a R1100 GS. 
and he's got his uh it's totally mad maxed out it kind of looks like mad max so i was kind of like wow oh, cool. this could be a cool game it's probably for ps4 and i don't have a ps4 but um you can come over to our place we got one uh, yeah <laughs> I, I probably will have to uh because I'm, I'm not i'm trying to get out of the video games i'm like dude but speaking of game of thrones and speaking of uh, conspiracy theories and, and books on them and stuff like that. I thought for this episode we could get into some books and games and then maybe even branch out into some movies for the people that are snowbound right now. And uh, Sounds good. Yeah, do you, I'm going to let you lead off. Do you have any good recommendations? Um, well, I was trying to rack my brain for books. I've been so busy. I, I used to read a lot and I haven't, I really haven't sat down and read a book, which I feel really stupid for. I feel like my brain cells have been dying off slowly. But one of the early books that a friend gave to me many, many, many years ago was uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And um, this is actually before I had a street bike. I was just doing dirt bike riding, but she gave it to me and I was going through a really tough period in my life. And it was awesome. I, I really loved the storyline and it was really well written. So that I would definitely highly recommend that book for sure. Yeah. And actually that is when you first get into motorcycling, like everybody recommends that book. I, to be honest, like not to be a, a dirt bag, I, I couldn't, I didn't like it. Oh, you didn't like it? Uh Uh-uh. I couldn't even, like, get into it, really, because I I didn't, it just didn't, I'm one of those guys that something has to hit me over the head when I first start reading it for me to like it. And even, I've read, like, Blood Meridian, and that is a slow (laughs) book, but once you get into it, you're like, oh, dang, and you don't want to put it down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, like, a violent book that you feel like you just need to be alone uh, in a room for, like, by yourself for, like, three days after reading it with, like, maybe a whiskey and... And a picture of like, I don't know, a little kid holding a balloon to make you feel happy again. Like that was a, <laughs> that was a hardcore book. But Zen, I started reading it and I was like, uh, like, when does it become about motorcycling? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, there was like a lot of like philosophical elements and I was kind of like going through my hippy dippy wannabe philosopher stage in life. So I think that's probably why it resonated with me. Was this when, was this uh, when you were like 22, 23? Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think yep. That, I think that's about the time I tried to read it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. For for me and for anybody that's never read it, like, give us a brief synopsis. Like, what is what is it about? At least. Oh man, well, it's been years since I read it, so I'm gonna have to rack my brain. I know it was like there's a father and a son, right? From what it, I remember. Did, yeah, there's like a father and a son, and they're trying to reconnect. And I remember there was like a, a road trip that they went on and there's some, the bike broke down and they're just trying to like reconnect, uh, like relationship wise. Right. I'll, and then just like finding, finding yourself through like just getting into, into the action of, of working on something and, and fixing something. And in that, in that, uh, process, like finding yourself. I got you. I see. I didn't even make it that far. And and the part that I got to was like, he was given different names to weird stuff and he was associating different things with parts of the bike or doing actions to the bike. And I was just like, dude, you lost me. This is like, reading. (laughs) it was like reading a textbook. I might've been in the wrong frame of mind. I might. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's like, it had, it has definitely like a metaphysical esoteric philosopher kind of, uh, bent to it. So if that's your thing, if that's your jam, then, then that'll work. 
for you, but I might have to try. I might have to pick it up again and see if it's uh, maybe I was just too hard on it. I've, I've yeah, read... I'll have to reread it too because it's been it's been at least fifteen years since I read it. Yeah. So. So you were, to, you were five years old when you read that book? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, a, a book that I uh, read and did not finish was, uh, I think it's called 132 Days and a Bottle of Whiskey or something. And it was a memoir of a guy who rode from uh, like Virginia. And then I don't even know how far he got because I haven't made it that far in the book. But he was just having a bad time and he decided to start writing and hit – I gave it a second thought because I was like, man, I kind of, I didn't bag on it. I don't even think I said the title of it because I knew I was going to give it a bad review. But um, I think I should probably mention it now. I've kind of gone back and reread some of it. It's not that bad. It's basically just this guy was having a lonely time. He just rode across uh, a few states and it's kind of like a travel guide mixed in with like a little bit of his memoirs about it. And I didn't really like the the style of writing, but the dude is not a professional author. It mm-hmm. is, it is like a road diary, so I mean, it reads like that, so that's fine. If you read it like that, then it's fine. You know, if you're reading it for like some insight to like attractions in the area, you're doing it the wrong way. This is just how this guy went about it, and it was kind of written in like a '90s way. So I don't know. I don't remember if this happened like in the late '90s or early 2000s. He talks about Adam Cincerillo, who is like a motocross dude and like seeing him when he was a kid at the local track so i mean this could have been this must have been with in like the 2000s sometime but mm-hmm. um but it was just it kind of reads like a, a cheesy 90s like when i'm reading it i'm like oh dude this uh <laughs> kind of reads like a cheesy <laughs> 90s book but yeah it, it is just a road diary you have to keep that in mind and the pictures he took he took with his camera um, a professional didn't go out and shoot like staged photos. So you got to keep that in mind. But I think it's called a hundred, uh, the long journey, 132 days in a bottle of whiskey or something like that. I will, uh, I'll do my due diligence and I'll look it up. Um, I'll let you, if you have any other books, I'll look up the, um, well, it's not motorcycle related, but maybe I'll score some hipster points, anything by Bukowski, uh, post office, ham on rye. I think if I was living in a a state where I had six feet of snow, I definitely would be reading some Bukowski with a bottle of, uh, rum or vodka by my side. Yeah. (laughs) Because, uh, isn't that the name of that movie that. Ashley picked up from the Misfits, Bukowski, female Bukowski. <laughs> yes, close, close enough, I guess. <laughs> okay, score. Uh, yeah, I got a good friend who loves Bukowski. And if you've ever watched the movie Barfly, that's a good movie. Uh, if you don't want to mm. read a bunch of Bukowski, I'm pretty sure Barfly was about uh, supposed to be about Bukowski. Yeah, I haven't seen that. But yeah, I, I actually lived in an apartment that uh no i was next to the apartment in hollywood that bukowski lived in no there's a couple of yeah it was actually a neighborhood there were a couple of apartment buildings that um were in my neighborhood that bukowski there's even like a landmark a big plaque outside that says like bukowski wrote (laughs) such and such book yeah that was pretty cool they're always so proud of that stuff (laughs) yeah bukowski's a good one that one and kerouac right like my Buddy that likes Bukowski yeah. loves Kerouac. All the all the beat guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Ashley recommended. I haven't read it, but um, she recommended that I shout out Elsbeth Beard. Mm-hmm. 
the woman who rode around the globe on the motorcycle, she, I guess she has like a autobiography. Yeah. I could imagine she was like the, as far as we know, the first woman to do mm-hmm. it solo around the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's on my to buy list. Cause I haven't, I haven't personally read it, but, uh, I, we heard about it on the misfits pod. So mm-hmm. sounds like a good read. Yeah. That was a good, uh, a good interview with her. Um, I just read an, an autobiography too recently. It's called Road Racer. It's in my blood, and it was by Michael Dunlop. And mm. uh, it was pretty cheap. I got it. I was looking for a book to actually buy and read, but apparently on Amazon you can't find that anymore because they don't mm. they don't make enough overhead on those, so they just offer you the Kindle version. Uh, so I, had, <laughs> I got it, and I read it, and I was like, oh, man, it was written before his brother William passed away, and it's a really good book. He talks about... He's not afraid to talk smack, which I really like. And he's gotten like kicked out of a couple events for it. And of course, he comes from a legendary family. His his father, uh, John. His uh, I'm sorry, was that his dad's name? John. Um, his his uncle Joey, um, and then him and his brother. And then he has an, another brother that was like totally not into motorcycles. He's like, dude, I don't even know what makes that. Like I hated <laughs> motorcycles, but my brother, William, who uh, just passed away last year. Um, and then uh, him, you know, like just a crazy racing dynasty and his cousins road race and everything. And so he's a real like road racer. You know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a, yeah. they race the, there's a bunch of, um, road events that I didn't even know, you know, I'm familiar with the Northwest 200 and uh, a couple other ones, but, uh, Isle of Man being the biggest one, he talks about that. And the, most of the book is like just him getting up to the Isle of Man. So it's a really, really cool journey. Um, the dude talks about, he just set the fastest, uh, laps on, um, a BMW superbike, um, you know, 1000 CC, but, I think he's got the the lap record at Isle of Man right now. But even before that, the dude was like rocking the 125s and 250s. And he still races. As far as I know, he still races like the 250s, the 600s, and the Super Sports, and then the Unlimited. Like he races all of the classes. They they don't have the 125, but they might have a lightweight that he might still race. But they mm-hmm. don't have it at the Isle of Man anymore. But uh, other places he'll still – like he doesn't care. It, all these classes that he started out in, he still races in. And it was a really good book because he talks about people that you know, like John McGinnis and uh, Guy Martin and Ian Hutchinson and stuff like that. And he talks about these dudes coming in as a little squirt, like having to go up against these guys, you know, like mm. these superstars. And he still kind of feels, according to the book, he still kind of feels like just a chubby nobody. You know, he's like, dude, I just, I just raced because that's what my family did. And um, turns uh, Robert, what that was his uncle or his father. I mean, Robert. Robert Dunlop and then Joey was his uncle. And, Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, dude, my dad and and uncle and brother, we all raced. And so it's just like what I do. I, I, I get paid for it now, which is great. But, um, but yeah, the book is full. The, that's a, that's a, like a really, really 10,000 foot overview of it. Uh, the actual (laughs) book is full of so many stories and funny stuff. You're going to, you'd crack up. So road racer, it's in my blood. Uh, I recommend that one. I'm going to throw it back to you in this ping pong of book, uh, selections. Um, I don't know if I have anything else for books. I couldn't, couldn't come nothing else came to mind i do have some good shows and movies if you want to move on to that unless you got more books i got one more book i might want to mention it's a book i'm reading right now and it's called big motorcycle a tokyo story by pj logan 
and it is crazy. Uh, so far, there's very, been very little motorcycle in it, but it's kind of built up to where it just got to the motorcycle part. But, dude, it's it's about, like, 20 different people and kind of like how their stories kind of come together. And mm-hmm. it is nuts. Like, it starts out, like, let me just give you part of it. They eat a guy. They eat part of a guy. <laughs> um, okay. There's some Yakuza stuff that happens in there. So there's like some rad sword play. Um, a guy gets his car flipped over. Like there's like some punks in it. So, I mean, it's crazy. And it's all takes place in Japan. Um, and it's just called Big Motorcycle, a Tokyo Story. Um, and then one more book. The last thing, we, we can move on to movies and video games after this. But I have to recommend, and my, my wife and I actually reviewed this on a previous episode, The Black Goats Motorcycle Club. Uh, such a good book. And as a bonus for all you people that can't read, and that's why you listen to this <laughs> podcast, the author also did a podcast of it and he reads the book. Uh, I think he reads like two or three chapters at a time per episode. Uh, dude, phenomenal book, phenomenal writing. I've read, it led me to read some of his other short stories and stuff, but the guy oh, cool. is that Excuse me, that book killed it. And my wife was like, oh, I'm not really into like motorcycle books. But when she read that one, she's like, dude. So Black Goats <laughs> Motorcycle Club, if you don't want to get it, um, I bought the Kindle version again because that's the only place I could find it. But if you don't want to do that, just uh, listen to his podcast and you're going to be pleasantly surprised. And for all you people in the cold, cold uh, weather right now, it takes place in, I think, Arizona. So you're going to love it. It'll make you feel warm <laughs> just hearing about it. So yeah, Jay, why don't you uh, kick us off with some, some movies? Um, <clears throat> well, let's see. There's the there's the classics. Uh, we Ashley and I just uh, rewatched the uh, the wild one with Marlon Brando. So that that's a good one. Um, and then I, I of have, course I have that on VHS, but I haven't had a VHS player for a long time. Yeah. I think it's on I think it might be on Hulu or Netflix because that's we we streamed it. Right. Or maybe it was Amazon. You can find practically anything on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Might have been Amazon Prime, yeah. one of those. Um of course then there's there's Easy Rider. That's a that's a great one. Yeah. I've only seen um, that I think one time all the way through. Oh yeah? Yeah, I don't think I've watched <laughs> that like uh properly uh more than once. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched it. I've been wanting to to rewatch it. I think we're gonna have a, a motorcycle movie night one of these days. Um, and then I we watched a, a a recent one that's been shown um, popping up on the Netflix feed. I think it's called Adrenochrome or something like that. It was very hard to follow. I don't know if you're into something really like uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas psychedelic style. That might be your jam. Um, but it, but I, it's I, motorcycle. It is. Yeah, there's, huh. he he's got a motorcycle and he's riding around Venice, which is fun. I I more watched it just because I knew all the landmarks. <laughs> so oh right, like, okay. Oh, I know that street. I know that street. So it was like filmed in California. So it was, <laughs> oh, it was oh. more for just. I thought you meant he was riding around Venice uh, in Europe. Oh no no no! Like Venice Beach, like down oh, on the boulevard okay, and okay, stuff. Cool. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I know, like, I know all the back alleyways and stuff that he rides down. So that that was more entertaining for me, just knowing the location. Um, but as far as storyline, we started watching it because we saw motorcycles. So we're like, anything that we see motorcycles on, we're like, okay, we'll give it a try. So 
I don't know. It's I, I don't know if I would recommend it, but if you're bored <laughs> and you have time, then I'm sure you could uh, check it out and, and see for yourself. Yeah, uh, I would have to say uh, along that category of movies that you could check out, but I wouldn't recommend. There is <laughs> like part of the Criterion collection, which is like, you know, classic art films that are like super uh, well-respected, I guess, like in the film uh, industry and, and the classic film industry, you know, there's some, there's some goodies in there. Um, girl on a motorcycle is one of those, uh, films. And I have to say that's where girl on a moto podcast gets their intro from. Mm. And a, uh, I think the, the trailer for it said, you know, she, she lives through a hundred pounding horses that she feels between her legs or whatever. Uh, I'm going to say the bike, the bike that she was on, not a hundred horses because not, not a lot of stuff back in the sixties was more than like right. 50 horses. So right. they kind of doubled that. Uh, but, uh, also that movie is in my opinion, awful. Like it was, it's, it's one of those ones that's like held in such high, Oh, girl on a moto. Yeah. Girl on a motorcycle. That's, um, one of those old sixties, like great piece of art, high art. And then you watch it and you're like, I, I see why they might've liked it because it probably used some of the first special effects that were like super hot at the time, but right. dude, like film overlays and like, uh, weird, like uh multi multi-layer, like transition pieces. But dude, there's a part where she's like, riding on a horse standing up and there's like a clown whipping off her clothes like yeah her her dreams are gnarly and then there is another scene it's kind of like a sex scene and maybe it was like not maybe you weren't allowed to show nudity i mean this was the 60s i thought everything was nudity then but it's like inverted and colorized or like solarized or something. So mm. maybe that's why it's popular is because maybe they were using all these techniques in this film and it was groundbreaking back in the day. <laughs> and this woman, uh, riding by herself across Europe, you know, uh, was like a liberating thing. Maybe it was like, you know, the feminism movement starting and it was super groundbreaking perhaps. But when you watch it today, you're just like, dude, who did all the acid and then made this film, right? Like, <laughs> So yeah. terrible movie, but it's it's a renowned classic, and you know it's like Easy Rider. Like you're supposed to watch Easy Rider on any Sunday, and Girl <laughs> on a Motorcycle. You know, it's like one of those era films. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, dude, don't take it unless you're on lots of acid too. Yeah, because you won't get it. <laughs> Well, speaking of crappy movies, since we're on this uh, topic of recommending terrible crappy movies, <laughs> uh, I, I Ghostwriter with uh, what's his name is Nicolas Cage. Anything terrible, terrible Nicolas, film. Yeah. But he's on a motorcycle, and uh, I had a doctor's appointment one day, and they play they were playing DVDs in the waiting room, and that this doctor is notorious for like the longest waits, and so I literally watched the entire film twice in the waiting room <laughs> i was gonna say did you watch gone in 60 seconds followed by uh, Ghost Rider? uh no they just had it on repeat so oh, i just watched Ghost Rider like twice in a row and i was just like okay is the doctor gonna come in anytime soon did you say but, it was a dentist uh, office or a doctor's office it was just like a regular doctor's oh, office okay i was gonna say the dentist like all your teeth fall out because you watch like the <laughs> world's crappiest movie practically i felt like everything was falling apart while i was, I was just Dude, like jesus y'all my, i got cancer while i was watching this movie uh <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say Definitely. that anything past, um, let's see, Nicolas Cage. So Raising Arizona was boss. Like that movie is awesome. Um, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, dude. Raising Arizona is like one of Nick Cage's best movies. And then, and it's him and uh, John Goodman, if I remember correctly. And then 
what's another Nick Cage movie that's good? Like, eh. <laughs> I I can't think of that. Yeah, any. I mean, I've seen I, more more Val Kilmer movies that are better than Nick Cage movies. I mean, it's is just, is Nicholas Cage and and the one Face Off? I think aren't isn't Val Kilmer <laughs> and Nicholas no, Cage in Face Off? <laughs> John Travolta and Nick Cage. Oh, okay, okay. And by the way, well, John Travolta's never been anything good besides Pulp Fiction, where he gets blown away. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Nick Cage is one of those people that can, he's just, he's like Chuck Norris where he's just like this <laughs> unsung hero of like the underground. I used yeah, to, but Chuck Norris is way cooler though. <laughs> Chuck Norris can kick some actual ass. Nick Cage can just weird his way into your heart. Yes, yes. There's, I want to say like there was a bunch of movies in the 90s, like him and Winona Ryder. I can't remember, I can't remember them, but I just remember going, yeah, Nick Cage is pretty cool. And then now I'm just like, oh my God, Nick Cage is just like the weirdest person. Weirder, <laughs> he makes Jeff Goldblum look all right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ghost Rider, never seen it. Another movie I was thinking of that I've never seen is The Devil's Ride, which I think had, um, oh God, what's his name? Michael Madsen in it and a couple other people. And I was like, oh, this movie, it kind of like quickly went out of, uh, it was like one of those things that was in like limited theaters for uh, two months and then it was gone. Um mm-hmm. But it was like about because uh, it's not the the Laughing Devils or whatever that Discovery Channel reality show about the <laughs> San Diego Biker Club was. It was some sort of like badass biker movie that was I forget if Quentin Tarantino produced it or or, or directed it or what. But it was like one of those weird like early two thousands um, off the cuff like uh, Pulp Fiction and Dust Till Dawn, and then it, it came out, and I was like, oh, is this like? You know, maybe that maybe that's why I'm associating it with it. But I was like, oh, this looks kind of like a rough and tumble, cool Michael Madsen. I loved him as Mr. Blonde in in uh, Reservoir Dogs, and of course he was like in Kill Bill and stuff, and good actor. But um, I don't know. I never saw that movie, so I don't know how that one turned out. But The Devil's Ride, I think, is what it was called. Um, yeah, let's recommend some movies we've never seen. That'll make people. <laughs> Um, i got a couple of of shows um well there's on the final movie one there was uh the there's a documentary about the the diablo run that was kind of yeah that was cool i think it was made by lowbrow customs i believe yeah it was produced by them um it was pretty cool it was just like watching them ride down and like just the the adventures that they took that was pretty cool watching all the bikes break down that was hilarious yeah, of course. And, um, and all the choppers that can only go 60 miles before they yeah, exactly. full tank of gas. Basically, yeah, you you have two tires and a half of your engine by the time you get down there. Yeah. What was it? Uh, do you know what the name of it was? Or I think it, uh, I don't remember the full title. It had D- Diablo Run yeah. in it. Where did I you, don't remember. Where'd you get it? Where'd you, I'm assuming you stole um, it. Yeah, I think it was, again, it was either Amazon or Hulu. Because we went through and there was like a whole motorcycle genre. So we just had a night where we were just like binge watching motorcycle stuff. For for a Uh, long time, um, I think it was Netflix had all the moto movies. Um, There's a couple that just came out. One, excuse me, one of them debuted, I think, at the one show, if not like right before. And it was called Motor, no, Oil in the Blood. And it was like a custom bike builder movie. And I think I just saw somebody post that it was here in uh, downtown in Hollywood um, playing at one of like the smaller theaters, uh, like, you know, like one of the indie theaters, um, like the El Capitan or something weird like that. And it's a new documentary about custom builders. And a lot of them are the 
like the guys that take the bikes around to the one show and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and another documentary that just came out was Colton Hawker's new movie or Haker, Colton Haker. If you like him, he's, I think he's here like in Temecula, like he's not too far out, but he's like a, um, enduro cross dude, but he also does like, um, kind of like he'll take his enduro cross bike and do like trials stuff and tricks on it. But he mm. just, he just came out, um, I think his film is called like the rampage or something like that. But, um, he just came out with that, uh, I want to say like last week. Um, let me see what the name of this crazy movie is called. Oh, rare exception. Let me see rampage and rare exception. Where, (laughs) how can I get it so wrong? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, if you check out, um, rare exception film on, uh, Instagram, I think they have a site for it and maybe where it's playing and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, that, and then dream racer, since the Dakar just happened, dream racer is a um, movie that you can stream. Um, if you go to Dream Racer TV, I think it is, they got that up there. And it's like a documentary about the Dakar. So there's a couple good docs coming out, I guess. So Diablo Run. Uh, yeah, cool, the Diablo one's good. Yeah, cool moto one. And then the Dakar, like some things that are literally just happening. And then Oil in the Blood, I think is what that one's called. It's about the like the one show builders. Um, yeah. Speaking of one show builders, the Moto Guild, the uh, OM, the Outliers Guild, I'm sorry, not the Moto Guild, the Outliers Guild. It's going to be coming up, I think, March 20, like right around the same time that the Solstice Slam is. March 23rd, I want to say. So that's, I, I wasn't too upset about missing the one show, except for that it would have been cool to watch Wiggins race. Um, mm-hmm. Because I know all those bikes are going to, they're on the tour basically. And the tour is going to come down to the uh, OG Moto Show. <laughs> so we'll see him, we'll see him down here in March. Um, cool, but cool. yeah. Video games. Oh, I got a couple more. Well, I have a couple more wrecks uh, for there's a if you want to binge watch something. Oh, yeah. um, there's a series. I believe we saw it on Netflix. Uh, it's called Long Way Round. Oh, yeah. And I it love has Ewan uh, McGregor and his friend Charlie. That That's a highly recommended. That's really we love that. It was a lot of fun. And I heard that they're coming out. I think right now they're actually doing the trip. They're doing the long way down. Down, where they're going down to South America on motorcycles. They already so, did one called The Long Way Down. Okay, uh, maybe then, maybe it's a different. This might they're be coming the out with way, another one. Yeah, they're doing one at The Long Way Up or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you did you watch The Long Way Down? I'm the, I'm yeah, not, yeah, we watched both of them. Yeah, I think my favorite one was The Long Way Round just because they went through so many climates. Um, yeah. I feel like they went through like a lot more climates than the long way down long way down like once you hit pretty much the continent of africa you're like pretty well into like a lot of desert and then whatever jungles there but uh long way around they were like through snow they went through like siberia like yeah, in the worst rain. time of the yeah, year yeah. mongolia and like plains and then mud like yeah i, I like the long way around uh, a little bit better yeah no, it was really funny because I remember there was one scene where they're just like riding out in the middle of just like flatlands, nothing. And the, uh, his friend Charlie was like annoying him over the intercoms, just like <laughs> singing songs and stuff. And I was like, I can relate to that because there's been times where Ashley and I will be riding and we'll just like be talking and or annoying or singing in the intercom or whatever, <laughs> annoying each other. Yeah, there's nothing else to do on the like stretches yeah. like that. Right? And then I'll just be like, okay, I'm clicking over so I can listen to my music. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, those are good. I've totally forgot about those. Those are legendary. I think those are the ones that really got me into appreciating, uh, the BMWs, you know, and now they're doing them on triumphs, I think. Yeah. And I think they were trying to do, if 
correct me if I'm wrong, they originally wanted to do it on KTMs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, and then they couldn't get they couldn't get the deal solidified. So then they ended up doing the BMWs. Yeah. So that was that was a bad move for KTM because I think it would have really dude. pumped up their brand. Yeah, KTMs are pretty awesome. Just ask Spencer Hill, the gear dude, who was on a few episodes ago. He'll tell you, dude. Uh, yeah. KTMs are legit. Um, yeah, I know. That's one of my dream bikes. Is yeah. if I can get this Harley traded in, it's either going to be a KTM or. Uh, or maybe the Yamaha MT7. Yeah. Dude, the the new Dukes that are coming out uh, ought to be pretty sweet. I think like the 790 or whatever. Should be yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you play video games at all? Do you play any motorcycle video games? Uh, no. You know, I can't really do video games because I get like weird vertigo. So my girlfriend is the gamer. She's like hardcore gamer. She has like a million video games. But when I play them, I get like really dizzy and, and nauseous. So Crazy. I can't. Yeah, it sucks. But uh, the only video game that I was like really proficient at as a kid was Tetris. That was my that was my game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, I, if I was locked up in a snowy cabin in Wisconsin or uh, Quebec, you know, or I guess Montreal, someplace like that. I would uh, go nuts playing Tetris. Like I think yeah. it would make me crazier. Um, yeah, no, I grew up on on Tetris and Mario. Like just like the flat scrolling games, oh, I can do, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I can't like all the modern stuff with like the three D movement and stuff. It messes with my eyes and my my vertigo. So, dude, they're hardcore. Like some of the games now feel like you're like in it. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um. My one of my favorite I on I had a Wii for a while. I still have a Wii. What am I talking about? I had one. Uh, I still have one. I I never throw stuff away once it's uh it give me a little bit of fun. But um I had you got Excite Bike on there. I think it was free. And uh, since it was a Nintendo game, dude, you can get it on there. And so if you want to go old school, uh, feel free to. So what is it? How do you play it? Excite Bike. You never played Excite Bike on the Nintendo back in the day. No, no. Oh, dude. It was totally pixely because that's how it, and they kept it true to, it's basically true to the old, uh, the old game. It's pixelated as hell. And, uh, you're just a little dude made out of a couple squares and <laughs> you just jump. It's like <laughs> motocross. And the only thing on the new one is that they got it pretty gnarly where they got, um, what is it called? They got like, uh, the actual jumps and stuff. You actually have to be pretty skilled to time it, to make it smooth. They didn't mm. change that. Where in the old days, I feel like you just, it didn't matter. You just jumped and hit the turbo things when you needed to. But it's so cheesy and basic. I mean, the Nintendos used to only have two buttons, you know, A and B. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's how it is. One's throttle, one's brake. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's really, really cool. Excite bike. It'll take you back to the uh, the 80s. Um, <laughs> the other game I used to love, but I don't think they make it anymore, is Tourist Trophy. And I think Wiggins and I talked about this because the guys that make... Um, well, the guys and gals that make um, Gran Turismo are the ones that made Tourist Trophy. And mm. do they? It, this is like right in the end of, I want to say 2006 or seven, And they had all these bikes up until then. So it was really cool. And they put them all on simulators and they got these real tracks that they go, they drive cars around and would take photos of the, the tracks so that they would have it right, you know, get, get mm. it all mapped out. Well, nowadays, that was like back in the mid you know early 2000s nowadays they like probably just gps scan all this stuff they probably have such good images and and actual computer layouts of the tracks that they don't have to drive a car around but they were showing the making of it and they would drive cars around tracks and get pictures of the um 
road surfaces and then scan that into a computer to get it to look real. So it was really cool how much time and effort they put into it and to get all of the um, motorcycle people to, to license the sound of the bike and the likeness and all the decals and everything and then um, be able to like dial it in. Like Gran Turismo is one of those games where you could dial in like almost down to the air pressure, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so when the motorcycle ones came out and you could like set up all this different stuff, I was like, oh yes, yes. <laughs> so I loved racing it and I was pretty good. Um, and the cool thing is that like you get vertigo, but I uh, I would find myself like looking way ahead, like on my TV, like looking at <laughs> super far <laughs> into the corner, like almost off the screen and like <laughs> leaning a little bit, you know? And so it's one of those things where like, I love, I love racing games. One of the worst games I ever got was for my tablet. Cause I know a lot of people don't have, if you don't have like a PS3, you can't play that anymore. Or a PS actually two was tourist trophy. Um, so some of these games are older and I'm sure they've come out with better ones like MotoGP games and Valentino Rossi games and all that stuff since then. So that's kind of throwing it back old school. I haven't played a good motorcycle game in a while, but, um, one I did get that I would not recommend is for your phone or tablet. And I have a Kindle and I was downloading some stuff onto it. And this game called uh, Game Highway. Wait, what's it called? Game Highway Bike Driving Simulator. <laughs> and it sound, It looks like it sounds. It's the worst game ever. Um, I think a dude probably made it from, I think the guy, the it tells you the developer's name. I think the guy was like an Indian dude that made it. And he probably had to do it for like a class project and then sold it on, uh, for like 95 cents on the app store. <laughs> Cause it was, it was like the worst. I've never played a game that was so bad. Uh, the graphics were terrible. It was like, he took a screenshot of a road and a screenshot of a motorcycle and that's what oh, it looked boy. like. And then it was just one of those ones where like a car pops up and you go to the left and then a car pops up and you go to the right and then you crash for no reason. <laughs> like the steering was terrible on it. The sound effects, the pictures, like just look like screen grabs. It was awful. Um, but one, one I did like that I recently uh, downloaded was Mad Skills Motocross. And I found out that Wiggins is on there. And, oh, what? Uh, yeah. So me and Wiggs, I've, I've raced against him a couple times and I have to say he's pretty crummy. Um, but then again, he probably played it like five years ago when it was new and I just found it. Right. So he's, I'm, I'm racing Wiggins five years ago, but it's so addicting and fun. It's one of those games where you can download it. You don't have to be a pro. You get better and better the more you practice. So it's like super what, fun. What platform is it for? Um, I have it on my, uh, Amazon Kindle, but I think you can get it on iOS too. And so okay. and I, I think Kindle runs, might run on Android. Uh, so yeah, Android and iOS, um, that and Trials Frontier, those are my, like for a phone game, if you need something to keep you occupied and you love physics, like I really love physics based games, but I hate, mm-hmm. I hate those games where like you spend 85 feet in the air, you know, and mm-hmm. then like you can do like 90,000 backflips and then land. Mm-hmm. These aren't quite like that. These are a little bit more realistic. Um, Trials Frontier is super cartoony, but awesome. And it, the bikes in it just crack me up. I get inspiration to build real bikes from the bikes that are in it. <laughs> and um, it's got a cool multiplayer thing, but so does Mad Skills Motocross. That's how I knew Wiggins is on because I raced his uh, best times, you know. <laughs> so, but yes, yeah, they're, they're fun games for just like if you're bored and you need something to do. Cool, cool. And you don't, you don't want to spend a bunch of time. Uh, I recommend these. 
Um, hey, dude, we're going on like almost two hours here. Is there any? Did you? Is there any other games or movies or books that you think people should? Um, read? the one last one that came to mind, the uh, movie Mad Max, the most recent oh, one. God, Fury Road. That yeah, the some of the bikes in there, dude. super fucking cool. My buddy Dane and I, we love rat bikes, and uh, we're always talking about that movie because it, it has. Um, we have the DVD, the or the Blu-ray, <clears throat> and they show up behind the scenes of like how they made everything. Yeah, uh, because they did a lot of like it's not just all CG. Like oh, the no. director actually like really invested a lot of the budget into like building the actual bikes and the cars and. And um, it's so rad to see behind the scenes them yeah. like fabricating yeah. and like putting it everything together. So I highly recommend. I watched that movie several times a year. Yeah. I, love I went that to see movie. it in movie theaters. No, I, I, saw, I saw it three oh. times. I never see. I never like to see movies in the theaters because they're so friggin' expensive. But I saw that movie three times yeah. when it was in theaters because I loved it so much. I got my wife to go with me, and she's not usually a big car. I was like, dude, listen. Like Mad Max, uh, the road warrior was one of my favorite movies. And like, this is going to be kind of gnarly, but even she liked it. Like she thought it was really cool. And I, <laughs> those bikes, when that movie first came out, there was a lot of media, uh, about it and they had to make them so that they could jump. They're like, these need to be able to jump, like the, take these motocross bikes and, uh, like the, those little crazy guys had, right. They're mm-hmm. like, they need to be able to jump these certain uh, stunts and perform stunts. So, yeah, don't like do too much to them. And just by taking like some of the plastics off and putting, you know, fur on the seat, it totally altered the way they look. <laughs> but it was still almost basically the, a stock setup, you know. But they were real, really doing the stunts on those bikes. It wasn't CG yeah. and it wasn't, um, you know, some altered altered bike so yeah yeah that's a good uh that and if you watch the original mad max um the very first one where he has mel gibson has a very dubbed american accent (laughs) um that was good because the the toe cutters gang they're on they're on bikes in that one and uh, yeah 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 that's good i love yeah i love all the mad max movies for sure yep i have definitely cool yeah i haven't watched thunderdome in a long time but uh I, it's worth a rewatch. Yeah, that's a good one. If you're stuck in uh, cold weather, that, those will definitely all the Mad Maxes will make you feel feel warm. <laughs> Super hot since yeah. they're in the desert. <laughs> um, and then one final recommendation that um, Ashley and I stumbled across recently. I saw it at IMS. The show Throttle Out. Oh, uh, yeah. the guys Zach and Ari do it um, at first when I saw the booth at IMS I was like oh this looks kind of like hipstery lame and I kind of like judged it before giving it a chance and then we got home and I was like I need to find something to watch and I gave it a try and it's actually really really good uh, Yeah, th- they they do some interesting there's only a few episodes out so far because it's like currently running um, but they did an episode where they ride down to Baja on little monkeys. Yep. So that was really cool. They and retraced. They, they retraced the Baja 500 or Baja 1000. The, the Baja 1000. Yeah, yeah. On monkeys. Yeah. So that was really that was really entertaining to watch. And then another episode, they go to like this junkyard. I think it's like in Arizona or Nevada or somewhere. Yeah. And they they find these bikes and they fix them up and they get them running, which is really entertaining to watch them do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they were uh, making they like had... zombie apocalypse bikes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then so they made the bikes, and then they went to this place where you get like uh, paint guns, paintball oh, guns, snap. and like shoot the zombies. Yeah, so that was really rad. So and then they also have they kind of have like an offshoot series where it's called Throttle Out Garage, and so every week Zach, the one of the hosts of it, he'll ride like a new bike, and he does like a review of the bike while he's commuting to work. Yeah. And the funny, uh, funny connection is he lives uh, about three miles from where we live. No kidding. That's <laughs> yeah, so crazy. Yeah, because I was watching it and I was like, wait a minute. I know that street. Yeah. He like passed it along Boulevard and like we live right, right near that oh, area. Funny. Yeah. So. Cycle World is uh, right. Or motorcyclists. No, they write for motorcycle motor trend uh, motor trend well motor trend is that i was going to ask you where did you get that show because motor trend is the channel that uh took over i think bonnie or corporation owns all that stuff anyway but motor trend they write for motorcyclist magazine and motor trend um channel is like where they were advertising that show throttle out because previous to that a couple was it just last year they announced that their little show they had a show before that called on two wheels and if you look up on two wheels mm-hmm. they did the same sort of stuff but it was for uh, cycle world or motorcyclist, whatever, whatever magazine yeah. they write for. I think they write for motorcyclist. And um, so on two wheels was their little video show for that. And then they had it inside the motorcycle garage where Ari would give you tips on how to do stuff yeah. from balancing your wheels to like adjusting your shocks. And, and then Zach, I did notice that he's been doing that MC commute, I think it's called. And, um, yeah, that's part of their new deal. So they're moving away from the cycle world into the motor trend expo, like the network exposure, I guess. So yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, uh, anything cool coming up? I looked up the Sheila shakedown and I, I dig that. That is, uh, that looks like a lot. Yeah. Of fun. I think it's like happening in a week or so. I yeah. believe I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. So that's, that's happening. But, uh, if anyone wants to buy me a ticket to what was in Australia, New Zealand, Australia, yeah, it's the 17th, yeah. and, 17th and 18th. <laughs> February. So it's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. 16th and 17th. That's this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's right around the corner. Pack your tinnies, strap on your swags and roll out to <laughs> Sheila Shakedown 3, it says. Um, also, I, w- I mentioned the OG Moto Show. Um, registration's open right now. Um, so that's going to be happening, I think, March 23rd. Um, I will ob- obviously make mention of that before it actually happens. That's our version of the one show. Uh, March 22nd. Not only is that Solstice Slam, so submit all your stuff, but that's also War of the Twins 2, which is happening at the uh, Indoor Flat Tracks in Minnesota and St. Paul. And then what else is coming up? Oh, the Cretans uh, Swap Meet's coming up pretty soon here. February 24th, um, 4537 Huntington Drive South. Let's go check out some stuff for some vintage bikes. I may check it out because I'm uh, devoting a lot more time to my vintage uh, bike. Uh, the East Side Moto Babes third Sunday ride is going to be coming up here pretty soon since it's going to be the third Sunday, what, next next uh, Sunday, the 23rd, mm-hmm. I, I think is going to be it. Um, also, this weekend out of Paris, there is going to be uh, some team speedway racing round one. So check that out, 1205 Burton Road. Um, what else is happening? There was something going on. Um, I want to say on the East coast, is it called like mama tried or I feel like something's happening on this Friday and I just can't put my finger on it. Mm, oh, wait yeah. a minute. Flat out Friday. That's what it is. And Wiggins will be there. <laughs> check them out. Vanilla cycles booth, uh, check out field initiative knives. Um, also coming up February 
5th through 9th. I know you might think that that's behind us now, but it's 2020, the Burt Monroe Challenge. That's happening down. Uh, I saw that on the Australian Motorcyclist, which is an Instagram feed. Um, so that, that'd be pretty interesting. And then the Born Free Party happening at Mount Baldy. We said there might be snow. It's happening March 16th. That's not too far away. It's like less than a, well, about a month away. Um, so yeah, that's going to be pretty interesting to see. Is that the, the pre-party? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the when born, is yeah. born free? Born free is usually like in the hottest, they pick the hottest weekend of the year and have born free on the, <laughs> it's like June or July usually. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, this is like the, this is like the pre, not even the pre-party. This is just like the party months before. Uh, I don't know what they do there. I've never gone. I'm not chopular enough to know. But, um, <laughs> this last weekend, I spent some time at the uh, Atlantis Motor Garage, and I, I had to sneeze. Bless it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I said a chew, and it didn't come out. I was trying to trick it, but I didn't. Um, anyway, I spent some time at Atlantis Motor Garage for their grand reopening, and so I'll have some pictures from that up on our blog. And uh, yeah, that happened, and I'll ri- do a little write-up about that. But other than that, I got nothing, man. What about you? Uh, no, I, I don't think I have anything to contribute. Do you Pretty. have any awesome sayings or any philosophical uh sort of uh, final words for this episode well i guess for all of the east coasters if if you're cold they're cold bring them in <laughs> oh my god are you talking about your hipster friends that aren't wearing enough clothes <laughs> yeah if you have a, a hipster friend who's uh, wearing flannel that isn't lined bring them in you yeah. don't want their beards to freeze to their face <laughs> right <laughs> right all right well with that man i got nothing else uh let's call the show This is time for the music Alright everybody, we're going with some old school uh, outro music here If you'd like to leave us a message, call us at 740-563-2858 Submit your Solstice Slam submissions there on our voicemail Or uh, go to slam at creative-writing.com and uh, submit it there or just send us an email if you can't figure that stuff out to creative writing podcast at gmail.com uh, leave us a review or a rating in itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and until next time peace and grease tell your niece don't squeeze the geese later Ooh.